when I say super conscious, what that means is that you really now concretely understand that you are part of a whole, that you are, know that you are truly connected to everyone and everything. I'm Suzanne O'Brien, former hospice and oncology nurse, and now the founder of the International Doula Givers Institute. My life's purpose is to teach others how to care for those at the end of life. So if you are a family member wanting to learn how to care for someone you love at the end of life, or you are someone who wants to be a professional end of life practitioner, this is the place for you. So sit back, get a cup of tea and relax. This is the Ask a Death Doula podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Ask a Death Doula. Please remember that the Universal Life Mastery Masterclass is coming up really soon. People are asking about that. It has been something that is joining global community, creating a new loving space for new humanity, and it is so exciting. If you would like to be part of this shift, the link is below. Again, Universal Life Mastery Masterclass. Okay. This episode is titled The Night I Slept in a Church. Yes, I just said that. So we're going to go on a journey together. I'm going to tell you about this experience and I'm going to tell you why it's so important that we understand the whole, all the facets to this world and how we're all connected. So welcome to Ask a Death Doula. Let me start with saying that it was the year 2015 and I was subletting. I had just gotten an apartment in New York City that I was subletting. So I was renting it from somebody else that owned it. It was on East 86th Street. I love New York City. For those of you who know, I grew up there. It's very close to my heart. It's a huge part of who I am. And I just, you know... It's something that is is just part of me. And I think it's because of uh, just the diverse and there's just so much that you're like part of um, something, again, bigger than just you. You realize that in New York City. For, for better or for worse, it can go both ways. However, it's much for the better. So when I got back to live in New York City, it was a really beautiful moment. And even though, again, I was subletting an apartment from somebody else, it was on 86th Street. Um, I remember them calling me up. I was living in Florida at the time and they called me up and they said, you know, I know that you always talk about wanting to move back to New York City and how much you love it. And my apartment, something fell through with somebody who's going to rent it. Would you like to rent it? And it kind of came up within like a couple of months that I'd be moving. And I was just sat with that for a minute. It was like, what, this is a wonderful opportunity. And it was. So I rented it in 2015. I remember renting it starting in April, which spring in New York City is just magical on so many levels. But this apartment, it was a one bedroom apartment. It was on 86th Street um, between Park and Madison Avenue. And so it was close to Central Park. And so I love Central Park. I think it's one of the most beautiful places in the entire world. It's one of my favorite places, if not the favorite, and probably I could say it's the favorite. So I would go there and it was springtime and I was just so grateful and in love with, you know, doula givers was growing and just being able to have this opportunity to be in New York City and be by Central Park. And I had my doggy maple relatively new 
uh, within the year I had adopted her. It was a really special time. And so I remember walking on Fifth Avenue, walking Maple, and there was a church that was there, a couple of blocks going north from where I lived. And there, the doors were open and it was across from Central Park and um, the doors were open and it looked beautiful. And I was kind of looking in and the man standing at the doorway, he said, you can come on in if you want, you want to come in? And I said, even with her, with Maple. And he's like, of course, he said, all God's creatures are welcome. And so I was like, wow. So I was like, sure. I actually have a picture of her in there. So I'm going to show you. Um, and also just a little sidebar. Maple loves when she's allowed in places that she knows is like a special thing. Like if a store let her in or somewhere, she's just like, this is the best. You know, she gets really excited. So we were in this church and it was really beautiful, obviously looking around. And as we were coming out of the church, I remember in the foyer of the church, looking to uh, one of the sides of it and noticing all these cots that were there. So I asked the man, I said, what are all those cots for? And he said, oh, well, we run a woman's shelter here at nighttime. And I said, wow. And he said, yeah. He said, we help to get women who've been abused, domestic violence um, back on their feet. And we give them a shelter overnight while they're trying to find employment and new housing and all of that. And I was like, wow, that's wonderful. I thought that was so beautiful. And he was like, do you want to talk to the woman um, who runs it, who helps us organize that? And she was downstairs. And I remember going downstairs and talking with her. And it was this older woman. I want to say she might've been late sixties or early seventies. And she said, yeah, it's, you know, she explained more about it. And of course, you know, the plight that these women are, the situation that they're in with domestic violence and fleeing their homes with nothing um, and trying to get back on their feet. And she said, you know, it's just been me. I'm the only one that does this overnight, every night, you know, and, and, and she said, I'm exhausted. And so I just felt compelled to offer that I would be happy to take a shift if that would be helpful to her. And she said, that would be so helpful to me. Um, if you would really do that, that would be really, really helpful. And I was like, sure, I'll help you. So I took this shift. I was going to do an overnight shift. <clears throat> and how it ran is that at about nine o'clock, there's a bus that comes that drops the women off. So at 9 p.m. Um, at night, the bus drops the women off. Probably about 20, 22 women. The cots are all laid out. There's a pillow and a blanket on each cot. And then what happens at six in the morning, <clears throat> the doors open and they have to leave. So it's a very tight run night overnight in the morning they have to uh leave the the church so here i oh and i was able to bring maple so they said you can bring your dog so here i am i met the woman there now all the women got off the bus and here's what happened i mean of course you know nothing ever is going to be exactly what you think is going to happen but the women got off the bus. They were nice women, but there wasn't, it's not like a social thing. They go right to sleep and I could hear fighting out. So I was on the side and I came out and two women were arguing because there was only one blanket left and there was two of them and they were fighting. And I said, you know, I'll give you my blanket. So I went, I had a blanket, but I gave it so that they wouldn't fight. And then all the women lights out in that front foyer room and they all went to bed. So now I was 
sleeping in on the side in a chapel. So there was a small chapel, not in the big church section, but right to the side. And then in the foyer, it had a door to the foyer where all the women were. So I was in the chapel with Maple, but now we only had a pillow. And it started getting really cold. So it's sorry. And we were in a church that I don't know what year it was made, but I will tell you this, that there was lots of noise and Maple was sort of jumping up every two seconds. I had her on the leash, of course, but then it got really cold at about like 12 midnight, one o'clock and I could not sleep. I was just freezing. And so here I go. At night in this church, I'm laughing because it's so funny. I did not have a flashlight. I don't even know if I, maybe I was able to use the flashlight on the phone. I don't really remember that at the time in 2015, having a flashlight on the phone. But here I am going into the church across the pulpit in the dark, trying to find any kind of other blanket or anything that I could use to um, create warmth because it was so cold. And, and I remember going into the chambers and I thought I got locked in at one point. I mean, it was really comical in a crazy way. And finally I found a tablecloth, a, a red tablecloth that I could, you know, use as a, as a somewhat a blanket. And we got back and again, I'll say this, I did not sleep a wink. I did not sleep a wink that night. And at six o'clock, the women woke up, they got ready, and then they left. They left. And I went back home. And again, I was exhausted. But this is what I want to share with you, is that when you when you realize about life, and I want to really point out to you the three stages of this human experience. We are born and we are basically unconscious. We think that we're separate. We're trying to figure it out how this whole, how come this happened to me or how come other people get things? And, you know, we really look at it very much as a separate type of identity to the world at large unconsciously. And then hopefully, hopefully there, and there's no judgment here with any of these stages. It's just what it is. And then you get to a place where you are, looking at life in a conscious way, looking at life in, and this usually happens as you've gone through different life experiences and, and aging and aging is a great thing. You know, we all get mad at the, the aging, um, not all of us, but you know, we're like, oh, I, you know, I can't believe I'm this age. That's wisdom. And that comes with obviously experiences that we can use as learning tools to elevate our experience moving forward and helping us really focus our direction in a place of purpose and fulfillment and learning how this world works and learning what's important to us and what resonates with, you know, our, our being and our, our hearts and, and connectedness. So Consciously, I know there's something more, or I'm feeling something more, or I've gone through these experiences and because of them, I've been able to change my perspective that now allows me to get on a different path of my life and a path that feels really good, that feels really connected. So that's where we go from unconscious to conscious. And may, maybe a lot of us start to do that self-work, right? 
we go and we go to yoga class or we start taking care of these beautiful vehicles, bodies that we've been given to have this experience and better, or we, um, you know, practice the power of forgiveness. We start learning about different things, modalities that help us connect with the being part of who we are, not the human part, but the true being part. And so we get conscious and we start really connecting to that there's more, just the awareness of more. And then you get to a place where you're part of a super conscious. And when I say super conscious, what that means is that you really now concretely understand that you are part of a whole, that you are, know that you are truly connected to everyone and everything. So that's that super conscious. And that's that place where service and showing up to contribute to the good of the whole. And that's where, again, when, and I, and again, I'll talk about inspired guidance when you're connecting to your being part, but I'll also talk to you about taking inspired action. And when I was in that church and I was listening to that woman who was exhausted and first of all, understanding the plight um, and the difficulty that the women were going through that were in a place of, of trying to heal and get better um, positions in their life. And then this one older woman who was, you know, shouldering this shelter for them and really, really seeming depleted and exhausted I felt an inspired impulse to offer to take a shift in that church to help her out, to help her. I wish I could have done more. I wish I could have done more, but I will tell you this, that after that night of not sleeping and realizing that that's not really my space, that I'm not a, a great, um, I guess, sleeper in general at night, or it just did not work. I would have depleted myself had I continued to say, oh, let me take shifts and shifts and shifts. That's not where my strength or my gift of contributing, the compassion absolutely is and what I can do to help you in that space. But actually physically being the overnight person was probably, especially with a dog, was probably not, again, the answer. However, that one night I was able to give her a break, but I was also able to see how important it is for us to really know that true alignment and true fulfillment is being in a space of connecting on a greater platform and, and what than we really know with our lives. It's always to contribute to something else. And so many of you can probably pinpoint right now opportunities that you have been given in your life to show kindness to lend a hand, to acknowledge somebody. Where are you being asked or where can you? And I will tell you this, the secret of really showing up and being of service is this. It is not with any attachment on the back end. When you are truly wanting to show up to be of service, it is not because you wanna look better, you want people to know that you're giving service group or that you're doing it because, you know, your friends and family are attached to this and, and you feel that you have to. Being of true service is because you show up purely to be of that service. The thing I will say is that when we're all given an opportunity for 
that moment that we can say, how can I help? And even, and I don't want to diminish the importance of this, even truly just showing up and listening, truly showing up and just seeing somebody and witnessing what they're going through and having compassion for you, you. We're not here to fix it for other people because we can't. Everyone is responsible for doing their own work, but not judging them and having compassion for them. And when there is an opportunity to step in where you can be of service. And I was really trying to be of service to this woman who was giving so much of herself that she was getting depleted being of service. So you see how it kind of has that ripple effect. So for me, there's gonna be opportunities that are gonna present themselves for you in your life. And I will let you know right now that this secret to aligning with the highest frequency in this human experience. It'll connect you to back so much more than you give when you volunteer and you do things of that nature. That is an understatement. That is an understatement. What it does is it connects you to a higher frequency of oneness, of consciousness that you can not reach any other way. I wanna say that again, when you show up to be of service without an agenda or an attachment to anything on the back end, just to purely be of service, it connects you to an energetic frequency and a level of consciousness that you cannot connect to any other way. So maybe you have heard about people who've had so much success and so much money and they look like they had these perfect lives and they say how miserable they were, how unhappy they were. And you hear about people all the time with what on the outside looks like these amazing lives with all of these material things and opportunities and houses and all the things. And they're soulless and they're so disconnected to what we're talking about, that super consciousness, which is the peace, which is the fulfillment, which is the path forward, it's the answer. And that can only come from this other way. So it's not that you can't have all those things, of course you can, there's nothing wrong with them, but those aren't the goals. The goal in this human experience is to find the fulfillment. And the fulfillment comes from that connection to that higher consciousness, that one consciousness. And it can only come from being awake, being aware and showing up in that space of service without anything on the back end, without any agenda or attachment to what's on the other side, just to purely be of service. And that is life mastery. And when we do that, when we get to that individual place of awakening ourselves, so going from unconscious to conscious to super conscious, and we do our own individual healing and evolving and enlightening, we enlighten the world. And that is what's happening today. You can feel it. It's a call for waking up or not. It is a polarized, it is a black and white situation. It is a very clear situation 
situation, we're either going to pick the human ego, the separateness, the power, the, the fighting, the pinpointing, the if I don't get it, they're going to get it, that separateness, that's human ego, or it's going to be the heart being consciousness that we're all truly connected to. Which one do you choose? It's being called right now. And I'll tell you, you are all searching for that fulfillment and that peace and that love. And it's, and it's available to everyone, no matter what your circumstances, no matter what your past has been, no matter what is happening in your life right now, what you've done, what you haven't done, it is available to each and every one of us. If you want to set that intention. If you would like to learn more about that Universal Life Mastery Masterclass is coming up. It is a free webinar. It'll be live. It'll be absolutely amazing. It'll literally teach you all those three steps of finding your life's purpose and how to do that. So if that's important to you, the link is below. I want to thank you so much for being on this episode of Ask a Death Doula. My name is Suzanne O'Brien, and we'll see you in the next episode. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you so much for being part of Ask a Death Doula podcast. Please remember that everyone everywhere has the ability to have the good death with the right education, kindness, and support. See you in the next episode.